following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. As the fourth and fifth graders are continuing their worship on your slip, uh, the bottom portion of your slip that you already turned in, there's a couple of check boxes in regards to uh, the age brackets of Community Gospel Church. And the last one, it says 61 plus. And um, that is my favorite group of people to hang out with. Um, I, for some reason, just get along with the older crowd. And uh, I don't know why the older crowd tolerates me, but they do. Um, and one of those people is uh, Craig Clapper. He is a dear friend of mine, and every time that uh, he is willing uh, to come and fill the pulpit, uh, I am willing to step aside and let him um, come in. And actually, the passage of Scripture that he is about to bring really partners well with our series in Deuteronomy that we've been going through last month and then looking at it um, in the month to come, too, as well. So we'll go back to Deuteronomy next week, uh, but before that, Craig is going to come up, and let me pray for him. Heavenly Father, uh, I love Craig. Um, He's been a near and dear friend uh, through all these years, and I am grateful to be able um, just to minister with him and alongside him, and thank you for Jan too as well, and their family. I pray a blessing over them today. I also pray, God, that you would uh, illuminate his words, that they would be of you today. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to the truths that he is about to tell us, not his truths, God's word, your word, your truths. And I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open to receive those words, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. And that we would take these words that he's about to say from your word and put them into practice in our everyday lives. God, I pray that you would just help us to um, just be filled with the Holy Spirit in the next few minutes and have the opportunity to just realize what a delight it is to learn from you, for your precepts are good, and um, we stand in Christ, our solid rock. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friend. (laughs) Right there. All right. Well, hey, what a privilege it is to be with you this morning. This has been an interesting morning. I'm currently doing an interim uh, preaching down at Plymouth Community Church, and I was already scheduled here when uh, I started that, and I proposed to them that uh, their service begins at 9. If they did their preaching first and sang afterwards, then I could do both churches on one Sunday, and uh, believe it or not, I'm preaching the same sermon to both of you. but uh, so I'm so grateful to be here and uh, to be a part of Jordan's life as well and to live in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I was thinking uh, the gentleman here, uh, Matt Huff, that was uh, dedicating his baby, he does my yard, you know, and uh, so uh, it's great to live in the community. Uh, not in our community, there's a place out in Oregon called Multnomah Falls. And perhaps, uh, well, I can see it back there. You can see it here. If you've been there, it's just this beautiful waterfall. It's about 700 feet in totality. But what's unique about it is up above, uh, it flows down into a pool and then flows down further into another pool. And it means so much to me. I actually paid $150 to have a portrait of it by Gary Randall, a 
uh, nature photographer, and I have it framed, and I have it in my office because it means so much to me, and I, I pray that by the time we get done, it's going to mean a whole lot to you as well. Uh, Romans 15, 13 comes, obviously, at, toward the end of the book of Romans, where Paul has talked about all these wonderful, wonderful truths that we're God's creation, yet we're fallen, but he did something about it. He invaded in flesh through Jesus Christ, and uh, we're all sinners, but he saved us, and he not only saved us, but... He moved into our lives to sanctify us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he's given us many great and precious promises based upon his character. Uh, promises such as, for his children, I will work everything together for good for those who love me. We can rest in that and uh, place our hope in that. And then that, that wonderful truth of his sovereignty. He oversees. We were singing about not one hair of my head shall fall without his knowledge of that. And uh, if we ever grasp these wonderful truths, it will give us a tremendous hope. And if we move to the next slide, you're going to see the first part of this passage of Romans 15, 13. Now, typically, I would ask you to turn to a passage, but you follow along, and hopefully by the time we get done, you will have memorized uh, Romans 15, 13. Actually, last February, Jan and I and a few friends went down to Gatlinburg, as we do every February, to uh, have a seminar by my favorite Bible teacher, Robert Morgan. Some of you, years ago, went to a seminar I did here called uh, Red Sea Rules by Robert Morgan. Well, he, his wife had died, and he said that Romans 15, 13 was her favorite verse and that he was going to do a seminar with six sermons on Romans 15, 13. And I thought, how can you get six sermons out of one verse? Well, uh, you're going to get one sermon out of it here this morning. But it was just amazing. He started out with the word may. May. Now, this may, some call it a wish prayer. Some call it a benediction, a blessing. Some think it's a prayer. I firmly believe that it's actually this exaltation where Paul is writing and he's talking about all these wonderful truths and he can't contain himself anymore. He just spoken about the fact that, that Jesus Christ is the hope for the entire world, the Gentiles as well. And then he cries out in just this exuberant statement, may, and it's a prayer, it's a, it's a divine blessing upon you. This is what I want for all of you, that you, that may the God, the God that he's been speaking about throughout all of Romans A.W. Tozer said, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think of God. What you think of God is the most important thing about you. The image you have of God and the implications of that. And God is up above there in this picture, and he seems to be kind of unknown, but he's flowing down. What kind of a God do you imagine in your mind? This little boy, four years old, I heard about, came home, or he, his mother had a baby, and uh, he was at home, he's four years old, and they came home with the baby brother, and he ran up to the baby brother and real quickly said, quick, what's God like? Because he thought that his baby brother had just come from God. <laughs> well, let me ask you, quick, what's God like? If you could give God an emoji, what would it be toward you? 
What you think of God is the most important thing about you. May the God, he exists, of hope. Isn't that interesting? God is called the God of hope. He's get, we'll see he's called other things as well. It's in God that you're going to find a hope. This God of hope is going to flow down into the pool of your life to give you hope. Do you have hope? Uh, do you anticipate with great assurance wonderful things based upon the character and the promises of God, no matter how difficult? You know, the Bible earlier in Romans talks about Father Abraham. Abraham, 100 years old, Sarah, 90 years old, God made a promise he's going to make him into a great nation, and it says this, that Abraham, against all hope, had hope. How do you have hope against all hope? Well, because he believed in the character and the promises of God. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 says, you, We have put our hope in the living God. What if it is true that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever in Jesus Christ? That the God of history could be the story, or could, could be the God of your story. Wouldn't that give you hope? Now, this hope goes into eternity as well as into this life. Abraham believed in God against all hope. He didn't look at how difficult the circumstance was. He looked up to God instead. Biblical hope is a confident expectation based upon the character and the promises of God. The living God, he's still alive, doing wonderful things. I uh, read where a church wanted to put a sign out front telling the title of the sermon, and it was to be, God reigns. <laughs> but the person misspelled it. It said out in front, God resigns. <laughs> Boy, I bet that brought the crowd in. <laughs> God resigned. Well, <laughs> sometimes I think God probably should, you know, putting up with us. I resign my job. Isn't it true, though? that we often live as though God resigned. He's not up to the task anymore. God makes promises. May the God that we all believe in, the God of hope that gives you a hope in a future, the living God, be the, the, the God of your story. May he fill you. Now, in this picture, it comes down, and there's first a pool right behind that, uh, that bridge, or below that bridge, it all comes down and fills up this pool. It fills it up. Let me ask you, especially you mothers on Mother's Day, what would you kids say, your kids say you're full of? <laughs> full of hope or full of worry? Now, I got permission to use this. In our service is a, uh, a lady that I dedicated as a baby, Kelly Baldwin. Uh, Kelly, where are you at here? All right, she's hiding out in the corner, okay. You gave me permission. She's acting surprised over there. And uh, you know that Kelly uh, Bixler, is, uh, as I knew her, uh, she, uh, uh, in recent time, uh, her husband passed away, and I went to visit her. 
And she was wearing a T-shirt. She's got a couple of children. And the T-shirt said, Jesus changed my life. Ask me how. I said, Kelly, I like your T-shirt. She said, I don't wear it outside the house. <laughs> she said, I'm afraid people will see me acting up, screaming at my kids at the grocery store or something. And I said, well, once they learn how to read, you're not going to be able to read, <laughs> uh, wear it outside the house either. And uh, we got a kick out of that. I called her to ask her if I could use that. And she said, yeah, but you'll be encouraged. She said, I'm wearing it outside the house now. She's working through some things, right? That maybe God is the living God. And although we don't know what he's up to, he does. And uh, he's sovereign. He's good. May he fill you up. And by the way, here's, this could be a terrible thing for, for Mother's Day dinner. Ask your children, what am I full of? <laughs> uh, may he fill you up. You would expect it to say with hope, right? But it's as though hope gives joy and peace. It says, may you be filled up with all joy. Now, we even we're singing about happiness here. And happiness is a good thing, isn't it? I like good happenings. But here on this earth, it seems like you can't buy it. Um, I read where a little kid, somebody saw a little kid at Disney screaming and yelling his mother jerking him by the arm and said we paid big money for you to come here and have fun now have fun <laughs> even at disney you might not have fun you know what is the difference between happiness and joy joy goes much deeper isn't it actually joy is inexpressible it says that it says in first peter you who have believed in him are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So if you can't explain true, spiritual, God-given joy, join the crowd. Peter said you can't explain it. You can't, you can't express it. Not with words. It's expressed through something much deeper so that no matter what circumstance you're in, you can have joy. Hopeful people who believe in the character and the promises of God are people who will have deep-rooted joy. Romans 12, 12 says, be joyful in hope. <laughs> it's like joy flows out of hope. Galatians 5 says uh, that um, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, and peace. Joy and peace and love flow out of that kind of a hope in God. Let me ask you something. It does say in Hebrews that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So we know that through the cross, he experienced great joy and accomplishment. But let me ask you this. Do you believe that Jesus, because joy is not based upon happenings, experienced joy on the cross? Now, if any of you were ever exposed to me at Trinity, I'm going to give what's called a clapperism. <laughs> a clapperism is this. I believe this, but I, I've never heard anybody else say it, but I think I'm right. But throw it out if you don't like it, because it's a clapperism. I think Jesus twice experienced joy on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Ah. <laughs> oh. 
That's what I'm all about. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And then his final cry, tetelestai, paid in full. It's a cry of victory, joyful victory. Even on the cross, because of him winning this guy over, I believe Jesus experienced tremendous joy in the midst of unbelievable suffering. Listen to this verse. Nowhere, we're going to look here that he's also the God of peace. Several times it says that. The God of, it says specifically, he is the God of hope. Twice at the end of Romans, he says he's the God of peace. Nowhere does it say specifically that I can find that he is the God of joy. However, listen to this out of Zephaniah 3, 16. The Lord your God is in the midst of you as mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will joy over you with singing. It's, it's an image of God Almost like a mother with a child singing to the child and rejoicing over the child and having tremendous joy. Huh. The Hebrew word here for joy in the Old Testament, rejoice, actually means to twirl. And in the New Testament, the word rejoice means to jump over and over again. To twirl over, go around circles and to jump up and down. We use those same expressions. Ran around circles for joy and jumped up and down for joy. What it's saying is, the Lord, your God, in the midst of you is mighty to save. He will run around in circles. He's so joyful over you. And with joy, he'll jump up and down with joy over you with singing. That's the picture of our God and Jesus Christ who said, don't rejoice, don't jump up and down because your name, because the demons obey you. Rejoice up and down because your names are written in heaven. God is a tremendous God of joy. Nehemiah says, joy of the Lord is your strength. And so the joy of the Lord will give you strength to face life. He's the God of hope. He's the God of joy. He's the God of peace. It says, may he fill you with peace. Yesterday, I was hiking up at uh, Warren, or not Warren Dunes, uh, Indiana Dunes with this hiking club I'm a part of. Those dunes are hard to hike, I tell you. Now, we knew what we were getting into, right? Nine-mile hike through the dunes. I was with some people who were complaining about it. This, this one person kept saying, I hate this sand. <laughs> and then uh, started up going up a sand dune. It was advertised that way. I hate these uphills. What was Getting to me, I was hurting too. I wanted to turn around and say, when it says Indiana Dunes, what did you expect? You know? uh, but then these people started talking about the tranquilizers they're taking to go to sleep. Now, I'm not against that. Remember Benjamin, some of you remember my grandson Benjamin. He, he was at our house and it, there was a commercial on and it was for Lunesta. Gives you a little butterfly, you know, tranquil. And he said, Papa, you ought to take Lunesta. I said, I sleep just fine. He said, yeah, but you'd sleep better. <laughs> Do you know that the word peace is very, very close to our word tranquil? Like taking a tranquilizer. Again, I'm not saying that, you know, it's wrong to take some type of a tranquilizer. But did you know that Jesus is a tranquilizer? <laughs> he will give you tranquility, peace in the midst of the storm. Uh, at the end of Romans... 
He says, may the God of peace be with you. And then I love this one. And may the God of peace, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet soon. <laughs> so have hope. Um, and then, of course, Philippians says, we have a peace that what? Passeth all understanding. Look at that. It says joy is inexpressible and full of glory. And peace, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. People will wonder, what? what's going on? How can you be so peaceful in the midst of that? Well, it says in Isaiah 26, 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord, is the rock eternal. And then it says, as you trust in him. As you trust in him. Um, You know, I believe God wants to be loved. I've come to believe that God wants to be trusted even more than loved. There's something about trust uh, that goes even deeper. Uh, I have a friend who was a Christian psychologist for 40 years. And uh, he's retired now. But he and I went through a book together called Can God Be Trusted? And he told me this. He said, if I could do my career all over again, I would focus on one thing. And that is the character of God. Can you trust him? He said, I believe that most of the patients I had throughout 40 years, if they were ever convinced that they could trust God, they wouldn't need me anymore. Can God be trusted? I studied under Dr. Larry Crabb. You probably know that name, a Christian psychologist. He had two boys, and they were all boys, man. I knew those kids when they were young. They turned out wonderful today. Larry's dead. But Larry said this. I'll never forget. He said, I never... I don't know how that was funny, but... (laughs) Jordan will tell me later, last time you're coming. (laughs) He said, I never enjoyed raising my boys... Because I was worried about them all the time, how they would turn out. I never enjoyed raising them because I didn't trust God with my boys. We don't want to be that way, do we? That uh, we didn't trust God. Now, we don't have time to go here, but I invite you, probably not on Mother's Day, wouldn't be a good time to go back and read Numbers 14. Listen to this. God took the nation of Israel out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, gave them manna, gave them water out of a rock, protected them from their enemies. They come to the edge of the promised land. They send 12 spies in. They came back and said, can't go in. There's giants in there. Ten out of 12 did. Um, And then they said this. They told that, that bad report, it says. And then... It says this, that the people said, we can't go in there because our children will be a prey. You ever have people say to you, you know, I don't really think Christians ought to bring children into such a messed up world. I'd be careful because God, it says, God said, they despised me when they said that. Therefore, they're not going in. Joshua and Caleb go in. The children that they said would be a prey, I'm taking them in. But their parents, they're going to die in the wilderness because they didn't trust me with their children. Whew, that's awesome. 
So it's not super spiritual to say, well, you know, you probably ought to just not bring children into this world because he's not the living God. He can't do what he used to do, right? No, that uh, should make us think not to be helicopter parents. Worry is not a virtue. You know, if we're not careful, we're thinking, well, if I'm not worried, I must not care. <laughs> well, no, you, you put it on God. God will take care of it. Uh, you know, uh, my grandmother, she wasn't a worrier. And my grandmother that I was very close to, she said uh, one time, she said to me, she said, Craig, I don't know how to pray for you most times, so I just pray this. God, if he comes to a door and he won't go through it, shove him. <laughs> Thanks, Grandma. My mother, on the other hand, worried quite a bit. And she used to always say, Craig, you're going to be the death of me yet. You know, she was uh, almost on her deathbed uh, with congestive heart failure. And I said to her, I said, Mom, I didn't kill you, did I? <laughs> uh, she could have probably said, yeah, well, you gave me congestive heart failure, you know, whatever. But no, she worried and a wonderful woman. But I think she thought that was a virtue, that she loved her children. That's why she worried about them. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. For your children. Now listen to this. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you'll overflow. You may overflow, you'd think with joy and peace again, with hope, which out of it flows joy and peace, so that you will overflow with hope. People will see you as a hopeful person and give them hope. What overflows out of you and me on a daily basis? Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that is in you. Do you know what the implication is? People will say to you, don't you watch the news? Don't you know what's going on? You have your head in the sand? How can you have hope in such a hopeless world? Such a worthless nation. That's not where my hope is at. They'll say, be prepared to tell people about the hope that you have, that you'd be a positive person because of the character and the promises of God. You know, uh, we talk about some people, when they look at the glass, it's half full. Some say it's half full, and those people are what? Optimist. Some say that glass is half empty. What are they? They're pessimists, right? One person said, we ought to be psalmist. My cup overfloweth. <laughs> My cup overfloweth. I did read where one person said, I'm an opportunist. I drank the cup of water. <laughs> Would people describe you spiritually and the way you conduct your life as an optimist, a pessimist, or a psalmist, no matter what the situation? Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, because... I'm a psalmist. How do we do this? We try to conjure it up on our own, change our attitude, go from a negative personality to a positive. It says, I'm so glad, by the power of the Holy Spirit, only God can pull this off in us. We don't have the resources. The Holy Spirit comes, indwells us, and gives us hope and a future, an eternal perspective, which you'll need as well. Now, in this picture, 
uh, I actually wish they hadn't built a bridge across Multnomah Falls. It uh, just, I don't, just messes it up. It's not, not natural. However, I like it for the illustration because of this. How do you get from one side to the other? You allow one side to represent all of humanity, the other side God. And it says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, there is one God and there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave his life a ransom for all. He's the bridge. He's the one that makes it possible for us to have peace with God through Jesus Christ, our justification, as it says earlier in Romans. Now we can have the peace of God as the Holy Spirit flows through our lives, lives within us. And then we overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if people don't have that, they don't. This world, and it says this in Romans, they don't have any hope. They don't have any peace. They don't have any joy. If they do, it's false. It's, it's happiness. It's not joy. And, and maybe they aren't reading the news and knowing what the world is like. But we have this hope because of Jesus Christ. You know, um, I wouldn't doubt all of us here went to VBS or somewhere, and we learned a little song. The little song goes, I've got the what? Joy, 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 joy. In circumstance? <laughs> no. I've got the joy, not the happiest. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. And then the next verse. I've got the peace that passeth all understanding way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. The peace that passes all understanding. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Way down in the depths of my heart. We ought to be able to sing this, and I pray that you can. I've got the hope, 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 hope down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I've got the peace that passes all understanding down in my heart. I have the trust of God, trust of God, trust of God down in my heart. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit. Where? Down in my heart down in my heart to stay. Therefore, as the chorus says, and I'm so happy. Nah, that's a Disney word. <laughs> and I'm so hopeful, and I'm so hopeful. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, and I'm so hopeful, and I'm so hopeful. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Do you have that love? I tell you what, if not, uh, if we get in a difficult circumstance, our kids, we, we better not wear the shirt that says, Jesus changed my life, right? Uh, not even in the house. But by coming to believe that God is a God you can place your hope in, you can wear it outside the house, right, Kelly? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the truth of Scripture. Now, may we live it out. And I pray anyone here who's not placed their trust in the God of all hope, who came and gives us hope of eternal life and forgiveness of sins through Jesus, that they would come to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. 
If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.